Thank you for listening to a Praise Chapel Kingman podcast. If you need any information about our church, or if you'd like to give online, please visit us at praisechapelkingman.com. Because I'm going to tell you, if you'll fight, if you fight and you argue and you wrestle, you won't go far. But if you will surrender to him, he will change everything. Can you say amen to that? Man, I'm excited about this service today. We had a great time in 830 wonderful time of ministry, impartation of the Word of God. I've invited a friend of mine. Actually, he's a man. He's a pastor in in Paramount, uh, uh, California. Him and his wife are here, Omar and Letty Lopez. They are here today. I have just in the last year or so really gotten to know them. Uh, I've had the opportunity to preach at his church, and so we thought we would bring him over and let him minister to us. And this is a man, his ministry goes before him. He's got like 30 different churches out throughout California into Texas and I think in Colorado and different places and and he's got a great word of God and so I've invited him to come to speak to us and to impart some truth to us so let's give him a great big kingman welcome as he comes Pastor Omar well what an honor it is to be here this morning or this afternoon and uh, just a gracious uh, hospitality. How many just love Pastor John Poo and Kathy Poo? I mean, and from the moment that we've been reconnecting, it's just been a lot of fun. Your pastors are a lot of fun. And uh, uh, all the different stories that he has, I, I just can't stop laughing. And then uh, he took me around Kingman, gave me the Kingman tour, uh, all 15 minutes of it, and it was just so amazing. <laughs> it was an amazing place. Uh, but uh, no, I'm just joking. It's, it's, uh, yeah, there you go. It's a lot different than California. And so uh, just to give you an idea, the city that we pastor in um, is four square miles and 55,000 people live in that area. And uh, so we, we've been there. Uh, it'll be 30 years in May. And uh, yeah, we're, that's good. And um, my wife and I will be married uh, in July, 35 years. She's my high school sweetheart. And we met in high school, got married, and uh, a few years after that, we, we went out to pastor. And so we're, we're excited. We're glad to be here. And again, uh, the love and hospitality of your pastors in this church is just, again, uh, we're so blessed by that. And uh, uh, just w- wonderful to minister this morning at the morning service. And so I, I'm going to get right into this. Is that all right? And so out of Genesis chapter 24 of the Word of God, I'm going to minister out of that if you want to turn there. One thing I do need to mention that we've, we've eaten there three different times today or this week or the past, past few days. Crackle, cracker Barrel, man, I'm telling you, I, I can't get enough of that. I, I can, if you took me there for lunch, I wouldn't even mind. Uh, but uh, again, I, I just... I, I mean, we don't have to go there, but I just can't get, we don't have one. Well, we just got one in California, I guess, a few years ago, but it's about an hour and a half away from where, I'm, where I live, and uh, probably longer. And when I seen the Cracker, cracker Barrel, I said, we, we have to go there, and we got to have the pancakes. And then the other day, I had the chicken fried chicken. Oh, man. Am I making you hungry yet? And so... And if you come, we have what we call, I don't know if you guys have it here, we have uh, pastrami pizza. Have you ever heard that? Yeah, so when you, when you go, Pastor John, we're going to treat you to pastrami pizza. Best you've ever had. 
So why are we talking about food anyway? So Genesis, I guess we're hungry, aren't we? Uh, I hope you're hungry for the word. Is that all right? So I'm, I'm going to read a number of verses here out of Genesis 24 because I want you to get the, the gist of the story and hoping you really um, get a, a foundation of what I'm going to talk about. So I'm going to start here, Genesis 24, and starting with verse number 28. And it says, if the woman is not willing to follow you, then you will be released from the oath. Only do not take my son back there. So the servant put his hand under the thigh of Abraham, his master, and swore to him concerning this matter. Then the servant took ten of his master's camels, and they departed, for all his master's goods were in his hand. Then he arose and went to Mesopotamia, the city of Nahor, and he made his camels kneel down outside the city by a well of water at evening time, the time when women go out to draw water. Then he said, O Lord, God of my master Abraham, please give me success this day and show kindness to my master Abraham. Behold, here I stand by the well of water, and the daughters of the men of the city are coming out to draw water. Now let it be that the young woman to whom I say, please let down your pitcher that I may drink. And she says, drink, and will also give your camel to drink. Let her be the one that you've appointed for your servant Isaac. And by this I will know that you have shown kindness to my master, and it happened before he had finished speaking that, behold, Rebekah, who was born of Bethel, son of Michael, wife of Nahor, Abraham's brother, came out with her pitcher on her shoulder. Now the young woman was very beautiful to behold, a virgin, and no man had known her. So you young ladies in here, I'm going to read this to you again. The young woman was very beautiful to behold, and she was a virgin, and no man had known her. And she went down to the well, filled her pitcher, came up, and the servant ran to meet her and said, Please let me drink a little water from your pitcher. And so she said, Drink, my Lord. Then she quickly let her pitcher down to her hand, gave him a drink. And when, he had finished, when she had finished giving him a drink, she said, I will draw water for your camels also until they have finished drinking. Then she quickly emptied her pitcher into the trough, ran back to the well to draw water, and drew for all of his camels. And the man wondering at her remained silent as to know whether the Lord had made his journey prosperous or not. So let's pray. Father, we thank you for the word of God. We thank you for these this great people that are here. I thank you for this church today. And Lord, let us receive the word of God. Open our hearts. And Lord, there's so many things that may be on our mind. God, remove every distraction right now. Help us to give you our 100% undivided attention. I pray for the anointing of God, and I declare your word, and let the people hear the voice behind the voice. In Jesus' name, and the people said? So let me ask you a question. You don't have to answer it verbally, but just in your mind. How many of you have ever had somebody do something for you that you didn't even expect? Maybe they did something more than you expected, and you said, man, they went out of their way. They, they did a whole lot more than I ever expected. They kind of went beyond the call of duty. They went the extra mile, so to speak. And so today what I want to talk about is this particular woman that we just read about here. Her name is Rebecca. 
and she was to become the wife of Isaac, only Isaac, uh, or only she didn't know it yet, because the Bible says that Abraham sent his servant to go find a wife for his son Isaac. Isaac was already getting older. Sarah had already passed away. And so back then, the father or the parent did the matchmaking. They found your wife or your husband for you. How many of you would be married if that was up to your parents today? Uh, probably not. And some of, some of you young kids said, man, don't tell my dad anything. So, but back then, that's how they did it. They, they, they appointed or they went out and they found a wife for you. But in this case, Abraham being older, he appointed his servant, his chief servant, to go find a wife for his son. The instruction was, make sure to go to my hometown. Don't go to the Canaanite that don't have the same faith. Don't be unequally yoked. You get that? You got to have the same faith. So the Bible says uh, his servant goes uh, and he takes 10 of his master's camels. They have 10 camels. They're loaded with valuables. Uh, and he has a very difficult task. The task is he has to go find a woman, convince her to leave her hometown, convince her to leave his family and friends, uh, and go meet a man she'd never even met in her life, let alone she'd never even seen. He had no pick of him or, you know, we can no pictures or anything. And so he had convinced her to go. And the Bible says that he prayed this prayer that we get to listen in on. We don't know how many times he prayed it, but the prayer was simply this. He prayed that uh, let it be the one when I ask a woman for a drink of water, one of the women here, when, I, when she gives me a drink of water, not only will she give me a drink of water, but that she will also offer to give all my camels a drink of water. Now, according to Middle Eastern hospitality, people would give you water if you asked, but they probably were not going to offer to give your camels some water. And so the Bible says right when he finished speaking that this beautiful woman by the name of Rebecca comes and he asked her for a drink of water and she said drink and she gives them a drink of water. She lowers down her jug, gives them a drink of water, and then she says, I will draw water for your camels also until they have finished drinking. She didn't know who this man was. She had never met him. She didn't realize she was an answer to prayer. She didn't realize that he had just finished praying this prayer and that this first woman that he asked, because we don't know how many women he would have to ask, but the very first woman that he asked for a drink of water not only gave him a drink of water, but went beyond the call of duty and said, I will draw water for your camels also. Now, the thing I want you to note, that this was not a small offer. She was not uh, offering something small to do. Uh, because a lot of us would say, well, I would have given, you know, the camels a drink of water. It wouldn't have been a problem. Uh, for you and I today, we just go over to the faucet and we just put water in a jug or in a bucket and fill the trough. That's no problem. But the Bible says uh, that she had to draw water from a well. And did you know, listen to me, did you know that one camel at the end of a long day's journey will drink anywhere from 20 to 30 gallons of water? And so the offer that this woman was saying is, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give all of your camels water. So I want you to think about this. She probably had about a five-gallon jug, and she had to go back and forth to get water with this five-gallon jug. And let's just say they each of the camels drank 20 gallons. 20 gallons, 10 camels, how many gallons is that? 
200. You guys are quick on your feet. There you go. 200 gallons of water. So if she had to go back and forth, that would have been 40 trips. So let's just say that each trip would have taken her three minutes. I think it would have taken her longer. Because remember, all the women were at the well drawing water. So let's just say she took cuts, okay? She got in front. She got the water. They let her go. She went back and forth. It would have taken her more than two hours to fulfill that promise. So here is this woman committing herself for two hours to a stranger that she had never met. She had never met this man. She didn't know who he was, uh, but she was willing to commit two hours to a perfect stranger. Now, at best, some of us might have said hello to the man. Some of us might have even given him the kingman wave. Am I right? Just, hey, how's it going? Maybe some of us would have said, hey, you know, you could borrow the bucket and just leave it by the garage on the way out. But this woman committed herself for two hours to a man she had never seen, to a man she didn't know she was going to see again, yet she was willing to do it. She went above and beyond. Now, let me just be honest. It's usually not our intention or it's usually not our motive to do something and get nothing in return. Most of us, believe it or not, we want to do something and give something in return. Some people want to do the least amount of work possible, and they want the maximum benefit. How many know some people like that? In fact, believe it or not, Jesus kind of dealt with this attitude in the Scripture, Matthew chapter 5. I'm going to read you a verse of Scripture that you probably read before. And look at here, Matthew 5, 41. It says, whoever compels you to go one mile, go with him two miles. Now, is he talking about jogging? Is he talking about running around the track? No. When Jesus said this statement, if someone compels you to go one mile, go offer to go two miles, the Jewish people knew exactly what he was talking about. In fact, they were all too familiar with what he was saying. Because back then, if you were a Jewish person, and I was a Roman soldier, I could come to your door and knock on your door and make you carry my baggage for one mile. That was the one-mile law. It was Roman law. It was the way of life. You had no choice. In fact, if I seen you in the marketplace and you were a Jewish person, you'd have to drop everything you're doing and come and carry my baggage for one mile. And so the Bible says when Jesus told them, I want you to get to the one-mile marker, and once you get there, I want you to offer to go two miles, they were saying, you're crazy. Because believe it or not, the Jewish people had a one-mile marker from their home in every direction. They knew it was coming. It happened quite often. And so Jesus was challenging their way of thinking. He said, I want you when you get to the one-mile marker, because usually when you get to the one mile, you say, my mile's up, man, I'm out of here. But Jesus was saying, I want you to tell them, uh, you know what, I'll go an extra mile for you. Because listen to me, the first mile, they owned you, and you had no choice. But the second mile, you own yourself, and now you, you make the choice from your heart. So what, what Jesus was saying is offer to go the second mile from your heart. This is the difference between the Christian and the non-Christian, the Christian is willing to go the extra mile. 
He's willing to go above and beyond. In fact, what I'm talking about this morning is the second mile ministry, and it is summed up in the very words that Rebecca said that day. She said, I will draw water for your camels also until they have finished drinking. We see not only a beautiful woman on the outside, but we see the beauty on the inside. This woman had a beautiful spirit about her. She was willing to go above and beyond. Her, her spirit, her generosity stands out compared to the generosity that we see around us because many times uh, people seem to want to do the least amount of work, but they want the maximum benefit. And believe it or not, that spirit sometimes creeps in the hearts and lives of the people of God many times. I remember going to... Uh, Yuma, Arizona, years ago when I first became a Christian, uh, I just uh, became a Christian just a few years, and, and I joined the choir, and, and our pastor was preaching at a conference in Yuma, Arizona. And I remember my pastor said, I'm going to be preaching. I want the choir to come. It was a Friday, and he said, if you guys get there early, you can, you can check out Yuma. You know, we thought, you know, first time out of California. There wasn't much to check out, amen, a lot of tumbleweeds. But anyway, back then we got there, and uh, I'm sorry, but we got there, and uh, we drove in about noontime with a busted radiator. Car was overheating, and so we ended up calling the church that we were visiting that we were going to sing in that night. We called the church secretary, and she said, I know just a person that will help you. And so a, a young man came out, he had a tow truck, and he had another guy in another car, and they said, you know, they're gonna, he's going to take you to the hotel, and we're going to get your car fixed. We said, man, this is awesome. So a few hours later, we're at the hotel, and he came knocking at the door, and he says, your car's fixed. We said, man, this is great. What, what, you know, what, what can we give you? You know, what do we owe you? He said, you don't owe us anything. We're just glad you're here. We said, wow, this is so great, man. This, this guy went out of his way. We were so blessed. But here's what I want you to catch. We went downstairs because we were going to go to lunch. And before we got in the car, we noticed another thing. They had washed the car. They had vacuumed the inside of the car. And I realized that day, that's what a Christian does. He goes the extra mile. He just doesn't do what he's told to do. He doesn't do what he has to do. He goes above and beyond. Are you hearing me? He goes above and beyond. How many times have you heard your pastor, Pastor John Poo, get up here and say, we have way too many volunteers today? Too, we have a backlog of volunteers that want to work the nursery and the Sunday school. You know, we don't have, you know, we just, you, too many people want to do the work here. Too many people want to clean the church. We have too many people that want to join ministry. How many times have you heard Pastor John Poo say that? Most of the time, we need to send out a search party, right? I mean, we need to really, like, we're, we're looking for volunteers. We're looking for people that will want to help. Because honestly, 80% of the work in the church, statistically speaking, is done by 20% of the people. In any church, almost any church you go to, 80% of the work that's done there is only done by 20% of the people. A very small percentage of people are actually doing the work. Now, I remember reading this story about this little boy who, who was at a supermarket, and he was on the phone. He was on the phone, a little pay phone that was in the supermarket. I, don't know, I know there's not a whole lot of them now because of mobile phones, but back then, 
uh, he was on this pay phone, and the manager can hear the little boy making a phone call. And the conversation went something like this. Ma'am, uh, do you need someone to cut your lawn? Oh, I see. You already have somebody? Or are, are you happy with, with the work they're doing? Oh, you're very happy. Okay, ma'am, thank you very much. And he hung up. Little boy's walking away. The manager overheard the conversation. He said, son, I'm really sorry you didn't get the job. He said, oh, no. He said, that was one of my customers. And I was calling anonymously to see if she was still happy with the service. I wonder today if we called Heaven Anonymous Hotline what they would say about your service. What they would say about what you're doing today because I believe the heart of going the extra mile is something we need to hold to because how many know when you first get a job, that job, you're just excited that somebody hired you, am I right? You're just excited that you got a job. And so when you get that job for the first time, you're excited to go there. But how many know it very easily you begin to think, oh, man, this job, after a while it becomes old, you know, it's an old rut, you know. And, and so now, you know, that first mile at the job, you're not as excited as you used to be. And now you're covering your tracks on the second mile, am I right? And so this is exactly what Jesus was talking about. See, you can't, you can't walk the second mile until you've learned how to walk the first mile. See, a lot of people say, I'm the second mile, but how, are you even walking the first mile? See, it's easy for people to talk about how great and generous uh, uh, they intend to be in the future, but if you're not uh, generous right now, if you're not giving of your time right now, don't talk about the future. Where are you right now? And so if you look at this lady or this young woman by the name of Rebecca, she did the first mile. The first mile was she gave the man a drink of water. She fulfilled that task. Then she went on to the second mile, and she drew enough water for all the camel to drink. So you cannot walk the second mile until you've walked the first mile. Even when it comes to giving, when it comes to generosity, did you know that tithing is just the first mile? That's not the maximum. That's just the first mile. Tithing is just the beginning. In fact, the Bible says in Malachi chapter 3, he said, bring the tithe, that's the first mile, and the offering into the storehouse. And I remember hearing my pastor said, the tithe opens up the windows of heaven, the offering pours out the blessing. And so I understand today that a lot of us, how many, how many are familiar with debt? D, how many are familiar with debt? D-E-B-T, doing everything but tithing. All right? That's what happens. That's what happens. And so tithing is the starting point. And then we move on to the offering. The offering is an offering for the building, a fun, offering for missions, a offering for special conferences, whatever you're going to do. That's going above and beyond. So when we've learned how to walk the first mile of tithing, then we can go into the offering into the second mile. Now, I want to tell you the story because it's a true story of a, of a man that came to his pastor and said, Pastor, I cannot give my tithe. And the pastor said, why not? He said, well, I've done all the estimation here. If I give my tithe, I won't have enough money at the end of the month to pay everything I got to pay. I, I won't have enough money. 
And so the pastor said, well, you know what? This is what I want you to do. I want you to be faithful in your tithes for a whole month. And at the end of the month, you don't have enough money. I will make up the difference. I'll write you a check. So today we're going to have Pastor Pooh and Kathy. They're going to come up. No, I'm just kidding. We're not going to do that. You go, man, that's a good deal. I can do that. Here's what I want you to catch, though. So this man said, I'll do that. And so the pastor told him, do you trust me? And that man said, of course I trust you, pastor. And then the pastor told him this. You trust me, a mere man, but you can't trust the God of the universe to meet your need? See, when you tithe and you give your offering, you're not trusting man. You're trusting God. You're saying, God, you know what? I believe you, God. I know that you're going to meet this need. But see, a lot of us will say, well, that's a lot. But didn't God forgive you of a lot? Didn't he change your life a lot? Didn't he do a work in your life a lot? Come on, somebody, say amen. We, we have to remember all the things that God has done in our life. And then the Bible said this in verse number 20, that Rebecca ran to get water from the well. And other translations say she hurried, she darted out, she did it quickly and efficiently. And I begin to wonder, why was she in a hurry? Why did she do it so quickly? Could it be that maybe she wanted to go home and see American Idol, maybe The Voice, maybe The Diamondbacks, I don't know. But I do believe this, that the reason she did it was because she wanted to do it quickly and efficiently and there was no delay. See, I know as a pastor, when I ask somebody in the church to do something and they start rolling their eyes like, oh, I don't know, Pastor. Let me check my calendar. I don't know if I have time for that. You know, they, they feel like, you know, they make it sound like they're working for Congress or, on, you know, on the staff for the president or something. They, they don't even have a calendar, but they're saying, Pastor, let me check my calendar. You know, usually when someone begins to make excuses, I'm, I'm okay. Don't worry. We'll take care of it. But the Bible says, Rebecca... She did it from her heart. She did it quickly and efficiently. She lowered her jar or jug, gave that man a drink of water. She could have did that and went home. That would have been the convenient thing to do. She could have just lowered her jar or jug, given him a drink of water, and went home. But listen to me. She undoubtedly knew how much time it was going to take her. And the Bible says, she says, I will draw water for your camels also. This is what separated her from all the other women at the well. This is what's going to separate you as a believer, that you're willing to go above and beyond, that you're willing to go the extra mile with a smile. Am I right? Turn to your neighbor and say, go the extra mile with a smile. Some of you ain't smiling. I'm watching you. You're not smiling. I can see you. If you can see me, I can see you. Do you realize that? Some, some people think the pastor can't see you. I can see clearly. I can see all of you. I can see your expressions on your faces. I can see if you're listening to me. If you can see me, I can see you. So here's what I want you to catch because so many times we, we, when we do things, sometimes we don't do it with a smile. Let me give you an example. I, there's been times where I'm at the house, I'm in another room, my wife's in another room, and then I hear that voice, honey, I need your help. I need you to move this. And it's usually happened at the most inconvenient time. I mean, I'm working in the other room. I mean, I'm working the remote, you know, I'm working there, I'm doing all this stuff, and I'm busy, you know, I'm busy. 
And so she'll call me, and then I kind of talk it under my breath a little bit like, oh, my goodness, right now, I can't believe that. And I've learned that my wife has excellent hearing. And she said, I heard that. I said, what? I heard, I heard that. I go, I was praying. I was talking to God. I, I don't need your help. If you're going to have that attitude, I don't need you. See, because I'm not going the extra mile with what? A smile, right? And so what happens is many times if we're not going the extra mile with a smile, we're not doing it with the right spirit. In fact, Jesus talked about the way we should serve him and, and the way we should fulfill our righteousness with him. Let me read you the scripture out of uh, Matthew chapter 5, verse number 20. It says, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you cannot enter in to the kingdom of God. Now, what is he talking about? Unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees. Well, the way the religious people back then, the way they did it is they, they did things with a measuring stick. In other words, they kept score. You do for me, I do for you. You don't do for me, I don't do for you. You know people like that, they keep score? You know, you, 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 know, you, take, them, you take them to uh, Chili's, and then they take you to McDonald's, but they still owe you because it doesn't really measure. You know what I'm talking about? They, need, they owe you another McDonald's. You know how you keep score like that? You, you want to make sure that, that it, it evens out. Am I right? You know, hey, spend the same amount. You know what I'm talking about? So Jesus was saying that you're not to do things with a measuring stick. You're not to keep score. You're to do it from your heart for his glory. Why should we go the extra mile? Because Jesus said to go the extra mile. Am I right? So here's what I want you to think about real quick as you're sitting there. You don't have to turn around and look at anybody. But in your mind, I want you to think of three people in this church that you say, you know what? They go the extra mile. You don't have to tell nobody. Just think in your mind. Three people that in this church that say, you know what? They're extra mile Christians. That guy there, that woman there, they, they go the extra mile. Now, I want you to think with me real quick. Look, up, look back at me. Did you name yourself? Did somebody name you? See, this is what I'm saying today. We need to go above and beyond. And let me just say this to you. When we begin to do that, it changes our lives, and it changes the lives of others. Could you imagine that if people in the church begin to go the extra mile, what it would do in the church? What it would do here in Kingman, Arizona? If people began to go above and beyond the change that it would, I've seen it in my own church. I'm just being honest with you. When I, I, I preach this message and I remember people in my church begin to catch it. All of a sudden, people in my church started doing things above and beyond they started doing ministry. They started getting there early. They started joining ministry. And before I know, I, I had this one man, all of a sudden he started showing up to my church on Sunday morning and he would clean the whole parking lot, sweep it. And then, and then all of a sudden, he, he, next time I saw him, he had a blower blowing the whole thing. I'm thinking, what's going on here? He goes, I know, Pastor, we have a gardener, but by the time it comes back to Sunday, the, the, the parking lot gets full of dirt and trash, wind blows stuff over here, and so I, I want to clean this up. I said, man, that's great. I said, where'd you get that blower? He goes, well, I'm, I'm borrowing it from somebody. I said, I'll buy you a blower. Don't worry about that. And he would get to the church at least two hours early. He does that to this day. 
In fact, let me just say this to you, that whenever he's sick, he'll text me. He said, Pastor, I'm sick today, but I got a crew there already. I got somebody there working. In fact, we, we, got, we got us a, a, a pressure washer, and now that pressure washer cleaned up all the gum off of the parking lot, all the gum off the sidewalk and the walkway. Are you hearing me? Because somebody's going the extra mile. Somebody said, I'm going to go above and beyond. We had one man, he said, Pastor, can I, can I add something to the greeting thing? I said, sure. So he had the canopy outside with a counter welcoming people with gift bags. They escort people to the church. Any new people that get here, they escort them to where everything's at. I'm thinking all of this because somebody decided to go the extra mile. When people in the church begin to grasp this, when they begin to understand this, it'll change the rest of their life. What happens many times, we say, well, if I go the extra mile, how does that benefit me? If I keep doing for everybody else, how do I get that return? How does that return back to me? Now, let me just say this story to you because it's a true story about a, a gentleman who often walked home from work. And in this particular day, he decided he was going to take a different route home. And so as he's walking down this dimly lit street, as he's walking, all of, all of a sudden he begins to hear a noise across the street behind these bushes. There are some trees and bushes across the street. He can hear some noise, and then he stopped. He can hear a voice of a woman, a man. They were panting. They were, it was like a struggle was going on. All of a sudden he began to hear the ripping of fabric, and he realized at that moment there is a woman being attacked. So in his mind, he decided, you know what, I can run and, and go get to a pay phone. There, he didn't have, obviously, it was the day before any cell phones, any of that. So I can run, I can get the police, but already he could hear that the woman's voice was getting weaker. He began to even kind of curse himself for taking a different route. He said, why did I take this route? Now what am I going to do? And what seemed like, you know, a long time or like eternity was only just a few seconds. And he began to say to himself, I'm not very athletic. I'm not very strong. What if I get involved in, and, and I get hurt? But something came over him that day, he said. And he ran across the street. He grabbed the hold of that man and he began to wrestle with this attacker. They began to wrestle, but the man got away. The attacker ran away. And so he turned around and, to look for the woman. The woman was kind of leaned up against the tree with the shadow. He could only see the shadow of the tree or shadow where she was at. And he called out there and goes, it's going to be okay. He's gone. going to be okay. Everything's going to be all right. And the woman said to him, is that you, Daddy? All of a sudden, he realized it was his youngest daughter. He had saved the life of his youngest daughter. Because why? He went the extra mile that day. And he didn't realize by going the extra mile that day that he would be the beneficiary. Let me just say this to you. When I look at Rebecca's life, that one action that she did that day, when she decided to draw water for all of these camels, it would determine the rest of her life. In fact, she clicked into the plan of God. She sealed her destiny the moment she said, I will draw water for your camels also. It did not only affect her, but it affected her whole family for generations to come. Do you know that Rebecca is in the lineage of Jesus Christ? 
Did you know she married Isaac, and from there, she's the great, 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 great mother of Jesus Christ. All of a sudden, because she decided that day she was going to go above and beyond, it caused a divine chain reaction. Could it be that if you and I decide to say, you know what, I'm going to go the extra mile, that your generosity could outlive you? When I looked at Rebecca's life after a long day, she went to draw 200 gallons of water. That when she did that, it was a long day. It came out to be a surprising reward. If I can have the musicians come up in just a moment here. If you could just come up right now. See, when we give and go the extra mile, it's going to often outlive us. In the moment of your giving, you cannot imagine the actions that will come back to you, the impact of the actions that you made on so many other people's lives. Imagine if some people did not go the extra mile, where would, we, where would we be today? I'll give you an example. What if Noah said, you know what, God, I don't like building boats. You know, I don't do boats, man. I'm not into building boats. We would all be affected, am I right? What if David would have said, I don't fight giants. I only fight people my size. I don't, you know. There's a height limit. I don't fight giants. You know, I don't do all that. What if Mary would have said, I don't do virgin births. I'm just not into virgin births. Not, not something that I do. Not something that, you know, I'm into. What, what if Paul the Apostle said, I don't like writing. I don't like writing letters. I'm just not into letter writing. But on a more serious note, what if Jesus would have said, I don't do crosses. I'm not into crosses. What would the world be like? if people didn't go the extra mile. I want you to bow your head with me for just a moment. And just bow your head, close your eyes for just a moment. I just sense the presence of God. I sense the Holy Spirit in this house today. Father, we thank you today all over this room. There are so many people in this room today, God, that, God, you have a plan, you have a destiny for. God, that you love and that you care about so much. And Lord, there are people today, God, that Maybe they, God, they're feeling that even in their spirit that there's things that they can do, that they can step up. Lord, they never even thought about going the extra mile. For whatever reason, Lord, today you're, you're just pulling on them right now. You're, you're speaking to them right now. If you're in this room right now and you don't know the Lord is your Savior, you've never given your life to Jesus. If it's your first time here, maybe your second time here, I'm just going to go on for just a moment here. I want to say to you that, there's a, that Jesus went the extra mile for you. That he was willing to give his life for you. That he stretched out his arms and he died on the cross just for you. That your life can be changed. Who do you know that would do that for you? Who do you know that would go the extra mile like that for you? Jesus did. And the least you could do today is say, man, I need to give my life to him. If he was willing to give his life for me, if he was willing to sacrifice his life for me, the least I could do is surrender my life to him. So if you're in this room right now, every head bowed, every eye closed for just a moment, you say, Pastor, I need the Lord in my life. I need, God. I need to give my life to him. He gave his life for me. I need to give my life to him. If you're in this room right now, you say, that's me. Pray for me. I need the Lord. Raise your hand real quick and say, that's me. I need Jesus in my life. I need Jesus. Thank you over here. God bless you. 
Thank you back here, back there. Who else? Who else? You're saying there, uh, there's some honest people today over here on my left. Who else? Who else? We don't want you to leave this room. Thank you. Thank you. We don't want you to leave this room without Christ in your life. We don't want you to leave this room without Jesus coming in your heart and changing your life today. So you're in this place right now. Just be honest with, be honest with yourself. And most of all, be honest with God. You need him in your life. You need to surrender your life to him. He went above and beyond. He gave up heaven, became a man, and sacrificed his life for you because he loves you. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. How many more? You said, Pastor, that's me. You haven't raised your hand. You said, that's me. I need to give my life to the Lord. Raise your hand right now. Who are you? All over this room, all over this room, back there. Thank you. God's waiting for you. Who else? Who else? You said, that's me. That's me. Over here. God bless you. Thank you. There's more. There's more. Who else? Who else? It doesn't matter how long you've been coming. It doesn't matter if you just started coming. But you know what? You, you need to surrender. Thank you. Thank you. Who else? Who else? Maybe at one time you were walking with God, but, but you've taken a detour. You're not walking with God right now. You know that. You need to rededicate your life to him. Say, Pastor, I, I really need to rededicate my life to him today. Who are you right now? Raise your hand. Thank you. Thank you. Several people. I, I, want, you, I want you to do me a favor. Those that raised their hand, look up at me real quick. Over here, over here, down here. I see you back there. Would you do me a favor? Don't, don't be embarrassed. I want to pray with you. Would you stand to your feet real quick? Just stand to your feet. Several back there. Come on. All of, come on. Give these people a hand. You're not going to be by yourself. I want you to come just stand right here. Come stand right over here. Who else? Come on. Somebody can come with them. Maybe they're your friends. Maybe you know them. I'm not here to embarrass people. We're here to pray with you. We're here to encourage you. How you doing today? God bless you. Hi. God bless you. How you doing today? God bless you. Hi. How you doing? There's more coming. Come on. God bless you. Give them a big hand. There's more coming. Come on. Come on. Come on. There are people giving their hearts to Christ. Maybe you know some of them. Maybe they're new. But we want to pray with you today. In fact, I'm, I just feel that I'm going to lead them in a prayer. Is that all right? I'm going to lead them in a prayer. Who else? There's more coming. Come on, give these people a hand, man. They're coming. They're responding. Thank you, Jesus. People coming. God bless you guys. Thank you. Is there anybody else? Is there anybody else? Maybe there's some out there right now. You're saying, man, I should have raised my hand. I, sh I should be up there. I should be up there. Come on up. I'll wait for you. I'll wait for you. If that's you, you're sitting out there and say, I I I'm supposed to be there. I know I'm supposed to be up there. Come on up. Come on up. Man, more coming. Come on, give them a big hand. More people coming. Isn't that awesome? More people are coming. Oh, this is so powerful. The Bible says that all heaven rejoices over one person that gives their heart to Christ. There is more people here today than one person. We ought to be shouting out there today. We ought to be shouting out there. Praise the Lord. So I want you folks to do me a favor. Everybody that came, raise their hand. I'm going to lead you in the prayer. It's not the prayer that saves you. It's the attitude of your heart. I'm going to give you the words. You're going to repeat these words to the Lord, but I want you to say them from your heart. Don't say them to me or anyone next to you. I want you to say this prayer to God. Close your eyes and repeat this prayer. Mean it with all your heart. Lord Jesus, 
Speak it out. Lord Jesus, I believe you died for me and you rose again. I ask you, Lord, to come in my heart to forgive me of all my sins. Make me a new person. From this day forward, I will serve you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's pray for them right now. Come on, keep your heads bowed. Let's pray for them. Father, we thank you all over this house. There are workers here next to you. Lord, all over this altar right now, several people, God, that have responded to you. Lord, I pray that you would come in their hearts. You would come in their lives, that the love of God would flood their soul today. We pray. Come on, pray with me out there today. Father, we pray for a touch of your spirit on their hearts today. Lord, you are changing lives. God, you know their name. You know everything about them today. And God, today you're saving their soul. And we thank you, Lord, today that, God, they've responded to you in the name of Jesus. Come on, give God a big praise out there. Come on. Would you stand to your feet with me out there? Would you stand with me? Here's, here's what I want to do, folks. Can, can, I, can, can I get a couple, five more minutes? Will you give me five more minutes? I, I just want to pray with you today. How many, how many of you out there, you're standing out there. Let's be honest. I, I, I ministered a message, but the message doesn't go nowhere unless you respond. And you're out there and you say, Pastor, you know what? I want to, I want to be an extra mile Christian. I want to be an extra mile Christian. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand out there. So that's me. I want to be an extra mile Christian. Keep your hands up. Do me a favor. Walk down to this altar. I'm going to pray for you. I'm just going to pray. I know you probably don't normally come, but I'm going to pray a prayer over your life today because I believe you mean that. You raise your hand. There's enough room. Just You guys can scoot up just a little bit. Let's let these folks come. And we're going to pray because I believe... God has extra mile Christians in this church. And he's going to raise up some people here that are going to go the extra mile, that you're going to go above and beyond. And let me just say this to you. You're going to tap into the plan of God. You're going to see your destiny. You're going to see something begin to happen. It's going to be a chain reaction. If we can move a little a bit over here, guys, and let some people come. Help me out, Usher. Let's get everybody up here so we can pray. We can believe God together. I appreciate you people responding. I'm so honored today. Being my first time here that you guys would respond, I appreciate that today. And that you would give me the honor to pray over your life today. Appreciate that. And I, I'm going to pray a prayer. And whatever God laid on your heart, because I know already in your mind you're saying, I could do this, I could do that, I could do this, I could do that. I'm, I'm sorry, you have to ask somebody else. I'm, I'm busy. Maybe you could talk to somebody. Uh, um, and you just said, I could do this, I could do that. You, Whatever it may be, you could do something and say, I could do a little bit more. Whatever it may be, you, you make that commitment to God in your prayer, okay? In your prayer. So I want you to lift your hands right now. Come on, everybody in this room, down here right now, just lift your hand. And I want you to begin to pray. You just speak it out, whatever you're doing. I'm going to join you in prayer. I'm going to pray with you. Come on, let's begin to pray. Father, all over this room right now, all over this house, all over this altar, God, right now, there are men 
and women of God that are standing here today, they are making a commitment to you, Lord. And Father, we just pray right now this fresh commitment of going the extra mile. Whatever it may be, God, today, whether they're serving here in the church, God, whatever ministry they're going to be a part of, God, maybe there's ministries that are not even here yet that are going to be created out of this, that are going to be birthed out of this room. I declare that over this room right now. There are men and women in this house today, God. They're going to go above and beyond. I pray it would resonate back into their family. It would resonate back into their homes. Lord, generations to come the service that they give you is going to outlive them today i declare that in the name of jesus we thank you lord come on give god a big praise right now father we thank you thank you for listening to the praise chapel kingman podcast we can't wait to see you next week